What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming back with another episode of the RMR Podcast. Today, joined by special guest Akili Parnell of Lab 11 Umi Farms out of the Midwest. Man, how you doing today, Akili? Hey, what's going on, man? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be on. Awesome, man. Well, before we get started into too much, every guest I bring on here, I always start with their origin story around the plant, that plant being cannabis. So whether that's personal, professional, a mix of both, whatever you want to be vulnerable and sharing, just kind of curious when when you and cannabis begun your relationship with one another. <laughs> um, that's good. That's a good question. Uh, I can't remember the first time I like I smelled it. Obviously, I smelled it a lot before I knew what it was. And that's like just as a kid and like, what's that stinky smoke type stuff or whatever. Um, I think the first time, though, that I tried it, um, the first time I saw it, I was like 12 and I saw like a whole bunch of weed and stuff like at a friend's house. And I was like, damn, what is that? But I didn't even try it at that point and didn't even try it for real, for real until I was like 15. Um, and just like outside, like, you know, summer and stuff like that, just like knocking around, doing all the crazy stuff kids do and stuff, teenagers. Um, and finally was like, yeah, let me see, let me see what this is about. And uh, basically, like, yeah, had a great experience and like fell in love with it. It's like one of those like little, you know, fantasy, you know, I smoke sort of experiences. Didn't get like super crazy high, but it was just like a good high and was like, enjoyed it. Um, so then from there, you know, that just became something I'm interested in, you know, like I enjoyed that experience. Like, what is this all about? And sort of just started the process of like discovering the plant and, um, you know, different variations of like, you know, THC and cannabinoids and stuff like that, whether edibles and other things. Um, definitely coming from the South originally, which is where I was born. Um, I feel like we had like limited access and not as good product all the time and stuff. And, I mean, but again, at that point it's relative because there's not like, you know, right. super strong, like, you know, Cali weed is just something we heard about in like rap songs and stuff. So it wasn't like a reality in my circle. So, you know, what we it was good enough in getting the job done at the top. But, uh, you know, thinking back, cause like, man, that was some, some trash weed. <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah, so basically, you know, sort of just fell in love with it then, um, sort of went through phases where I was more into it, less into it, things like that. Um, and, um, you know, just always, anytime I could get it, we'll get it friends that, you know, selling sometimes or whatever, like throughout college and things, you know, I help out a little bit here and there and stuff, but mainly just for like my own personal like consumption. And if I have extra stuff, then, you know, just give it to people in my circle or whatever. Um, and yeah, man, I just like, I've never like became like a grower, but just like an enthusiast and a consumer, you know, mm -hmm. sort of like I love beer, like craft beer, but like I have no idea, you know, I right. never knew how to make it type thing. So. Right, right. No, no. I like that you said it's, it's all relative, right? Because well, definitely, when I'm, you know, I'm on the, I was, you know, raised on the West Coast, but I was smoking some stress for sure at the start. But it was, it's, it's all real. You know what I mean? You had to learn. You had to learn throughout time. It was, it, it did its job when, when I discovered it. Uh, yeah. What, what point did you start viewing? Like, obviously, you know, now you're an entrepreneur in in the legal space. At what point did it kind of become like a light bulb went off where you're like, yo, I could actually get a career in this space yeah so i had some friends um a few different things happened like you know we were smoking a lot of weed like a lot of me and all my friends are like smoking a lot of weed real into it we started going to some of the legal states um like we go to colorado actually my connection my like connection to that stuff was like more in colorado before because it was closer to where i was in cali 
Um, and every now and then we go to Cali, but mainly Colorado, and we saw what was going on there. And it was so I was like, man, this is crazy. Like they just really have dispensaries where you can just go in and buy. We was like, I was like, I'm, I feel like a kid at a candy store. The first time I went to like a Native Root store, it was like one of the greatest moments of my life. Where it's just like, man, like more different kinds of products than like you know I had ever seen. You know, we had like edibles and we made edibles and stuff like that. Everybody, you know, make brownies and stuff growing up, very unscientifically and things like that. But to have like very precisely like formulated like products and like all these different forms and like you know hundreds of strains and stuff like that it was like incredible so i was like man like okay i i didn't know if this was just going to be like a colorado and california thing or if that was going to sort of spread out in other states um and so i kind of like got it on my radar at that point and then i had some friends um from the south that moved out to cali like 2014 or something like that and got involved in the medical market um on the business side and then started doing real good um at the time and so i was like oh man like people are really doing this but i was like i'm not moving to california so i was like put it on the back burner until it comes out here um and then illinois started to uh talk about rec like we had a medical market i actually didn't know that much about the medical market and they started mm -hmm. to talk about rec and i had this other job obviously still like smoking weed and stuff like that all the time but I was just like doing like corporate like mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that and like security stuff like super boring like learned a lot it helped out in the business side for sure but like not something that I was passionate about obviously like who's passionate about you know securities work and well some people are mergers and acquisitions but I wasn't and so wanted like a different lifestyle something like more fun and cool on the weekends of course I'm like you know sort of in the chicago nightlife scene and art and music and events and like parties and stuff like that and like cannabis is like a big part of that whether it's like musicians and artists using it or just people at those events it enhances your you know you try some really good food have you tried this really good food when you were high <laughs> like it's different <laughs> and so like it became a part of just like you know like anything we we're doing outside of work because it just enhanced the experience and it was fun and it wasn't like alcohol. So um, I was like, man, I would love to get into this. And I feel like that just even just like having that desire and speaking that sort of like drew me into the space. And so I was at my other job doing that boring stuff and a random recruiter hit me up and was like, hey, are you interested in joining this really fast growing cannabis company in Chicago? And at this point, I had not heard of any of this. Like I didn't I'd never been into any dispensary in Chicago. This was still during medical. I didn't even know that much about the medical cars, you know, I was just kidding mine the same way we always did and stuff or, or from Colorado, um, actually mainly probably from there. And so like, um, yeah, so I heard about this and I was like, hmm, let me look in this. So I like Googled the company and looked them up and there was this TED talk by the CEO at the time, this guy named Pete Cadence. Um, and he was doing a TED talk about their cannabis company they were launching and they were, they had to grow up in Massachusetts in Holyoke. And it was like, you know, they were trying to put their facilities in communities that had been devastated by the war on drugs and providing us opportunity. And I just didn't know what the industry was going to be like. I heard so much bad stuff mm -hmm. about the industry, um, you know, sort of west of Illinois. Um, that I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with all that. I don't even know if I want to be involved. But I was just like, but also like, this is like, I love this. Like, I love this plant. And so I was like, here's my opportunity to like jump into the legal side of it and just like see what I can make happen. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. They're looking for the exact type of like, you know, skill set that I have from this non cannabis stuff. 
So let me just take this. And I was like, I'm going to get that job. And so I emailed the recruiter back. And at that point, I was just like, you couldn't tell me anything else. Like, I'm going to work in again. I immediately, even before, I, I right when I hit send, uh, I think before I sent my resume or anything, I texted like all my like weed smoking friends and stuff, all my weed friends. and was like, yo, I'm going to go work at this company. And he's like, oh, really? You got the job? I was like, no, I haven't even applied yet. But <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to work at this company. And, and uh, I'm just going to be in the, in, the, in the weed industry. And they were like, what? Okay, bro. <laughs> like fire emojis. And then I sent the uh, I sent my resume off and everything to the recruiter. She loved it. I went through the interview process, like a long interview process. I got it. And that company ended up becoming Green Thumb Industries. Hmm was green thumb industry but it meant nothing to me because they were private they were small and i didn't know anything about any of the legal companies and so i got to be involved with them and like before they were a public company before they had grown really big in the process of them scaling really fast and this also before i knew that a lot of the really big companies in the industry um or at least like probably three or four of the top five or top ten biggest companies were based in chicago so it was just kind of like fortunate where it's like yeah for like the plan like production and like ingenuity on like new form factors and strains and all that stuff that's not coming out of here but as far as like the expansion i'm gonna say it's not coming out here it's not coming out here like it is in cali right as far as the expansion and growth of the industry a lot of the money in the companies and the structure is coming out of chicago so green thumb industries cresco pharmacan verano like and more revolution like those companies were based out of chicago so i got really fortunate to you know, learn a lot about that side of the business, that sort of core business growth and capital and finance, and make a lot of relationships, which ultimately helped me when I won a license um, and saved us a ton of money. And so I got in that way. I also got involved in like the legal advocacy stuff um, because you know I come from a community that's been devastated by the war on drugs. I have friends involved growing up in the unregulated economy, not necessarily so much cannabis, but cannabis was a part of it. Like the people in my neighborhood, they sold. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't like there was, I mean, you know, everybody has a weed guy, a weed man, but like, you know, my friend, you know, or the people I was around and stuff like that, just from the neighborhood or whatever, they, you know, so several different things. It was a kind of like, you know, so, you know, sometimes that involves a lot of other activity and stuff like that, other than just like, you know, like, you know, the stereotype that, you know, the cannabis industry, even though the unregulated market is like a lot, you know, more chill place because you know cannabis consumers are different from like other not trying to like demonize or like stereotype other ones but from other substances and stuff like that it's just like a sort of different economy a lot of times and the plant you know it's like people don't smoke weed and then like you know just, you know go and do a bunch of violent stuff necessarily or it doesn't add to that whereas like with alcohol and other substances sometimes that can be the case so there's a different vibe with the plant in that way but, you know, just the community that I was in, there wasn't that clear division like it would be like if you were in college or, you know, some other environment. So I've seen what it had done. Um, and so I definitely cared a lot about that, like definitely the plan, you know, you know, high quality products, stuff like that. But then also ensuring that people who had been unfairly targeted in the war on drugs had an opportunity to participate in the industry. And like, you know, I, I grew up paranoid um, about having the plant my entire life. Like when I was kid when i first came around it it was a felony to have as much weed as my friends had mm -hmm. and it's not like it was so much but you know in alabama like i think even selling a joint was a felony at the time I think yeah. it was a you sold a joint which is crazy so um because yeah <laughs> so anyway so like and i don't have any convictions or anything like that but um so yeah it was just like 
you know, the weight of that was always felt. So it sort of affected the way that we even enjoyed the plan. Like it wasn't just this freeness of it that sometimes you get in states where it's less, uh, the penalties are less harsh. It was like, man, this is a really cool plan. But you, it was always in the back of your mind, like, yeah, I mean, if you get caught with this, even if it's just like giving a friend a joint for $10 or $20 or something like that, you may never go to college or you may never, you know, never get a regular job again and stuff like that. And people have those real stories. We know people that have those real stories. So it was important for me when I got in the industry to ensure that people who, you know, come from areas or, you know, even that don't come from areas that have been affected like that by the war on drugs can participate in the industry because it was so unfair because everybody didn't have that experience with the plan. And so there just needs to be something done to rectify that sort of, you know, in a lot of wars is war on black and brown people. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, as, you know, someone who studied criminal law and stuff like that, I understand the history of it. It's not about the drug, you know, like Ronald Reagan said, or his advisor said, it was never about the drugs. It was about criminalizing the left, you know, political folks. I was involved in a lot of political work in Chicago and black and brown folks. And so over a political game. And so it's important for governments to recognize that and, and try to fix that and do something for it. So got involved in the social equity work and all that stuff in Chicago, which also really helped position me to be, you know, the operator um, and have the position in the industry that I have today. So that's how I got into it. You know, I skipped over a whole lot of stuff in terms of like getting the license and we bootstrapped it and like hours and hours and hours of work because in Illinois, it's really hard to get a license. Mm -hmm really competitive process it takes a lot of money and we didn't have a lot of money um but we had a lot of know-how and we had a lot of uh of grit and drive and so we were able to win one of these coveted licenses after so i worked at gti i left because uh, i was like i want to do my own thing i know how you know their company runs this is great you know at this point they're a big company like one of the top two or three in terms of revenue and licenses in the country i helped you know helped us get there and like we scaled really quickly in the time that i was there um, but I was like, I always wanted to build something for myself and wanted to launch a brand in particular brands that I felt like would connect with, you know, people like myself and my friends and just people in our age group. I feel like there's a big disconnect sometimes in a lot of the, the products, especially in Illinois, mm -hmm. um, between like, you know, some of the companies that are seen as more corporate. And then just what I see in the Chicago cannabis community, whether it's on the north side, northwest side, you know whether it's you know the south side or just whatever and with the artists and all those folks like there's weren't a lot of brands that i felt like connected and spoke to them so we wanted to launch a brand that we knew did because my friends were like my social circle was like all those people and that was what i was hearing from them and so ultimately got licenses and then that brings us to lab 11 which we just had a launch party last night and um you know, I'll talk more about that, but I'll stop there for a minute. Here, here now, man, here now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, you see, you mentioned something about, you know, Chicago kind of being the epicenter of business, right? Like, like the West Coast is known for the, for culture and kind of innovation on breeding and, and a lot of the hype that, that whether it's, you know, real or just lives online, a lot of that originates out of the West Coast. Um, but it makes it, you know, it, it, it creates these obstacles where it's competitive on hype or, or, or quality or genetics, right? But I think a lot of people kind of gloss over when you look at Illinois and Chicago specifically is 
is it gets competitive based on money, right? Because you have all of those big companies that's not well, I mean, it's well-funded, well-structured and a, and a deep bench of people that understand these different components uh, of operating the game from a, from a regulatory and, and a business standpoint. So it makes it super competitive. So applaud you for being able to get out on your own and do it because Lord knows that's, that's difficult in that area for sure. Um, and, and, you know, beyond just like wanting to, 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 to do it for yourself, because I heard you, you, you express that and I've heard the same thing. A lot of these corporate companies kind of aim for the can of curious, if you will, or the older crowd, right? Which is the most, in my opinion, the most oversaturated target consumer for a lot of like, it's, I don't know, that consumer doesn't spend a lot of money on weed and a lot of people are gunning for that consumer. I, it kind of baffles me why so many people are. Um, but I, I've always said something and maybe you can expand on it more. I've always said, you know, like you can tell a lot of the pre-existing cannabis in, in not just Illinois, but Chicago specifically is not penetrating the culture because the music from Chicago is so mainstream. And obviously cannabis is a common theme in there, but I don't ever hear any local Chicago companies really shouted out in this in this mainstream music. And I was just like, as a hip hop fan, I was like, I can tell the, the legal weed in Chicago is not tapped into the culture because it, you would be hearing it the same way you hear from West Coast artists. Is that is that true? And can you speak to that? Oh, man. No, 100%. I can't imagine. I don't even want to say any names in particular of the companies, but I can't imagine any of the popular Chicago rappers like drop name dropping, uh, you know, one of the large MSOs. Let's just say, it. yeah, one of the large MSOs. No shade <laughs> to them, but it just wouldn't like, <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense, you know. Um, and so, yeah, there's a disconnect. And so that's something that we want to help bridge where like a lot of our friends are like, you know, some of these artists and, you know, definitely shout out to uh, 93 Boys and some of the other brands and stuff like that, 1937 Group, um, um, you know, 1930, uh, 93 Boys is uh, Big Pencil's uh, brand. So, you know, he's a Chicago artist. Um, and so, you know, he's doing that just by existing. And then 1937 is another social equity group that's connecting with different artists. Um, I know I think they just um, are collabing with uh, Little Reese, uh, the rapper out of Chicago to do something. And then we got a lot of artists that have just been in our circle that we want to collab with and definitely have them shouting out, um, you know, our stuff. But more so just like, you know, just tapping in that culture and giving them a voice in the cannabis space and just like us all creating together because, you know, cannabis inspires their creation and it inspires the creative stuff that we do in terms of branding and merch and everything. And just like really bringing, like you mentioned before, like Cali definitely is known for the hype and the quality. And that's not a bad thing. Like I want to be hyped and excited about my weed i don't want to just be like oh, okay cool here's another blue package with you know or a red package or whatever with i don't know a, some company name on it that i've never met and never seen them out at any events and stuff like that like we want and then the quality is just like yeah okay it's weed it's fine it's clean i know that you know like we need more hype and quality in in illinois and in chicago on the legal side there's definitely some of that on the unregulated side so we want to bring that and we want to bring some of the folks, you know, from that side over here and have and give them the opportunity to get their brands on dispensary shelves, too. And so, yeah, I mean, that's one of our missions is to, like, bring some of that quality, the hype and more design that you see in other spaces in fashion, in restaurants. Chicago has an amazing restaurant scene. Like my good friend Manny uh, Mendoza, who we did the so the co-brand, uh, the co-launch like event yesterday for his brand and for my brand. 
he's a real chef. Like he went to School of Americas. He's from Pilsen in Chicago. He's worked in San Diego. He's worked in Chicago. All the chefs. You go to any restaurant in Chicago that's kind of like hypey and like new and has really good food. And you mention Andy, they're like, oh yeah, I know him. Man, he's he's crazy. So then, um, crazy in a good way. Like his food is good. And um, you know, and so like bringing more folks like that into the industry, they're gonna bring these unique you know, products, these craft products, ultimately what we have is a craft license. And so what we need in Illinois is that craft vibe where it's like so many cultivators in, in Cali, I would call like craft, like a lot mm -hmm. of the cultivators are like, you know, even if they're kind of big, um, there's that craft touch and feel and branding and like attention to detail and the quality of the plant um, that you don't get so much in Illinois. So trying yeah. to bring that's what you look at like cali a lot of the you know a lot of the, the the brands have started with you know growers right have have grown out from growers where obviously if if that's the the brand is headed up by someone that's touching the plants it's going to get that touch and and the companies that the brands that don't have that it might just be the guys that always sold it and didn't really grow it they got that connection to the people that have that passion and they're going to bring it. In. And that's the, you know, one of the most important things, but you know, there's kind of this, so lab 11 is, is, is the brand you guys just did the launch event for last night, which is under the Umi farms umbrella. Can you kind of break down the, 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 the structure? Cause obviously Umi farms is vertically integrated, going to have retail plant touching brands, and then also kind of a, a host of different brands under that, but what's kind of the separation of church and state there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's like a brand sort of aesthetic separation and then like, well, let me back up and just say, okay, so the parent company, that's like UMI. UMI is like the big thing that we're doing. That's like the grand vision and sort of the UMI Farms vision and aesthetic is like, you know, exploring like the diversity of the plant with the lived outdoors as like city people. So it's like, you know, yeah, we live in Chicago or in New York. Um, my partner lives in New York, and so I go back and forth there, and we'll talk about like sort of the New York market too, which is crazy and fun um, and stuff like that. But like, we also like like hiking and like being outdoors and like like smoking our weed outside and you know smoke weed inside too. But like, we like to be out in the lived environment, and that's ultimately like what gives us like the plant. And so Umi stands for mother. You know, um, I got that inspiration um, while smoking weed and listening to music and like this most deaf song, uh, my Umi, mm. like it means mother in Arabic and stuff like that. And so you think about it, all the connections with the plant, um, and mother earth, mother plant, you know, um, all that stuff. So that's where inspiration comes from. And you'll see that in our dispensary design. It's very like, you know, the it's very earth centered um you know we're not gonna say we're like the most sustainable we're trying to get there like it's expensive and we're still figuring out what all, what sustainability looks like but our goal is to like be progressively more sustainable too um without sacrificing quality and still making money and stuff like that um as people live in you know the third biggest city in the country um uh, but the, chicago has tons of parks and um you know we love you know i like to you know pop out a little smoke a little bit then walk through the park you know i did that all through covid you know washington park jackson park on the south side these huge enormous amazing parks and so that inspires a lot of the brand concept so there's that at the top and then there's retail stores which we call umi there'll be umi product brand and then there's our lab in in our kitchen and basically we went not the opposite direction but it's just like a totally different brand aesthetic and feel um with our extraction lab and kitchen even though obviously we're making products for umi and for lab 11 but lab 11 is just like all about like cannabis nostalgia like we thought about like the inspiration was like 
bringing back that feeling of your first high. And, you know, you know, it's like that amazing feeling when you first discover cannabis or first fall in love with the plant. And like, you know, where were you? What were you doing? Like nostalgia is like big, like, and, you know, as people that are getting older and stuff like that, you want to remember some of the good old days and the things that like when life was simpler and things. And sometimes when the industry was simpler, like it's cool. I love being on the legal side too, but you know, some of that culture and some of this, like the vibes and the energy I feel like has been lost a little bit in the corporatization of cannabis and like, you know, we want to like remember that and save some of that and then bring some of it back along with some of those other just amazing memories from, you know, your experience growing up that aren't necessarily about cannabis, but like were enhanced or, you know, maybe, you know, you heard, you know, some specific things or beats or noises or sounds in a song that you wouldn't have picked up on before, but for, you know, cannabis or, you know, maybe there's some food or a meal that you had. And it was just like, you know, the first time I had that, you know, I was smoking, you know, you know, Blue Dream or something like that. And it was just like amazing and stuff like that. So like really bringing some of that back is what we're trying to do with Live 11. I love that, man. That that nostalgia. That's why I, I feel like, you know, like at least in my life, you know, cannabis has been such a big part of my life. I, I definitely can can associate, you know, as you consume cannabis, right? Whether it's certain flavors of the cannabis or just, I don't know, the unexplainable vibes or whatever feelings you get that kind of take you back to different points just because you know myself probably like yourself and a lot of others have consumed a lot of cannabis for a lot of a long time and so it's been a part of so many experiences just partaking in some cannabis can almost like take you through a trip of nostalgia to to other experiences that that maybe cannabis was a component of and so i i really like that that approach yeah exactly and that's it so you know with lab 11 you know, we're going to do some newer strains. We're going to mix it up, but definitely want to bring back some like old classics and stuff like that, that we just really love. Like, I mean, you know, like I definitely love some of the newer strains, but sometimes it's hard to keep up with them, especially as somebody like not in California. Like, I don't know how y'all do it in California. Like every day it'd be like a new cross with, uh, you know, some new strains that I just learned what they are. And now they cross with some other stuff. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't even know. And not that that's a bad thing anyway. Like I think it's dope. Um, but for a lot of consumers and myself included, sometimes I just like want a really good version of like that classic thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, some of our first uh, strains that we're coming to market with are going to be like the Bear Dance that I mentioned, which has been a popular strain here. Um, you know, Redheaded Stranger. And we're doing some others and stuff like that. So um, and then on the Umi side. You know, we're going to get a little bit more creative and forward with some of the strains, but try to like produce them in ways that are a little bit more sustainable. And then the other brand that we're bringing out is my growers brand is Chicago Kush, which a lot of people already know about and has some really, really bomb strains. And so I'm excited for all that. And along with all that is going to be like really dope merch. Like we definitely care about, you know, the style and the aesthetic and like, you know, Again, not to like, you know, knock other people and stuff like that, but, you know, the same amount of attention and care that we put into the plan and the formulations and things like that for our products, we want to put into the visual representations of our products, whether that's like, you know, the website design, the visuals, the experience at our events and stuff and the merch. So. I mean, I, I like that approach. Um, I'd read a quote or something from yourself uh, before we did this, where you talk about the the plant basically being a, a power source or correct me from a source of connection, I think, between just, you know, communities, culture, people. 
kind of all over the place. So I'm kind of, I mean, I, I share a similar thought on that, um, but I'm kind of curious from your perspective, just, just what, you know, if you can expand a little bit more on that, just the power of cannabis and how it just can bring people together. Yeah, hundred percent. Basically like the way you said it is like Umi is like, as a, like the whole thing is powered by the plan, whether, you know, it's the source of connection to the past with like Lab 11, these like amazing memories and feelings and things like that, and these experiences, or with Umi, it's like it's a power of connection across, uh, you know, states, sometimes countries, regions. So, you know, maybe we got like, you know, this dope, like, you know, Afghani strain that we're connecting, you know, people in the U.S. with the Middle East, you know, or stuff coming from the Caribbean. There's folks in the U.S. connected in the Caribbean or from Florida, you know, with like East Coast Sour Diesel and the stories behind that and connections between like New York and Florida. Like we just want to explore all those things and like the global cannabis economy and trade. And so that's another form of connection. And in addition to like connecting with each other, like, you know, there's been times where I've had jobs and I've been working and there's around people and I'm like eh, i kind of don't like that person you know during the day and then like in the industry you know and then after work or something like that we'll be at an event and we'll be smoking and stuff like that and then i connected with that person I'm like you know what actually i like them now <laughs> you know so it's like just so many different ways <laughs> that like cannabis is like helped establish connections and um to our past to ourselves and to other people and we want to celebrate that in as many ways as we can no, I, I love that because that's why I've always said, you know, like it's a little bit less now, but, you know, more so in the past. Right. And maybe in places where cannabis isn't as open and isn't as free and isn't isn't as accessible. Right. Like kind of to get the chance to consume it and um, whether it was like by choice, like, you know, you kind of almost had to hide it or like you didn't have it. So you had to consume it with someone else. It was such a communal just activity right but we also have like our personal connection because cannabis kind of takes you in your own mind but when you have like that experience like internalized and then that community aspect it just i think it's always allowed people to be like really vulnerable you know and give people a choice to sit in a cypher circle if you will and and share ideas about thoughts that you wouldn't usually share with other people right and it breaks down barriers even if you disagree with someone or come from a completely different walk of life you can kind of connect with people on a, on just a different frequency, just due to kind of the aspect of how you consume it, but then also your your internal process that you go through. Yeah, that, that's really it, man. It's connecting on that different frequency, like you know. And there's so many like you know, cannabis ponds, like you know, get higher, higher level, and blah 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 blah. But it does like those are real. Like you know, you connect with people on different frequency. You connect with yourself, your thoughts, like even feelings and stuff like that. Like sometimes you know, you connect. You know. You, you smoke or whatever you consume cannabis and sometimes you connect with like feelings that don't feel as good about yourself but maybe you need to recognize and see those and like work through those and sometimes you connect with like you know more you know exciting feelings or happy feelings or you know chill but like it's definitely a source of connection and higher frequency and like looking at things a different way and it's funny like you know we didn't invent this i forgot who came up with this but me and my friends will like be like you know ideas are only valid if they make sense when you know you're sober, when you're drunk, and when you're high <laughs> individually, so you gotta talk, you gotta talk, gotta have a debate, you know, and the idea has to make sense sober. Gotta have a debate, it's gotta make sense after a few drinks, and you gotta have a debate, it's gotta make sense um after smoking. And if it's valid and all those, like then we're gonna agree that thing is true. <laughs> 
It passes the test, man. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I, I really appreciate your time today, Keely. Uh, for you know, for people out there that want more information, man, umifarms.com. You can check that out. Anything else you want to plug before we get you up out of here, man? Yeah, for sure. Definitely want to plug Lab 11. So um, check out our website at thelab11.com. Uh, that's thelab11.com. And then, of course, check us out on Instagram. Uh, you can check out the uh, a lot of the photos and pictures from our event last night with uh, Chocola. That's uh, Get Lab 11 um, on Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, follow us. Umi's on there, too. Um, got a lot of stuff on the way, merch, a lot of visuals, brand assets, and a lot of uh, other activations and stuff in and around the Chicago area. So if you're ever in town, definitely tap in, come check us out. And uh, hopefully at some point we'll make it to uh, a city near you. So yeah yeah growth man i really appreciate your time today man this is the rmr podcast if you're watching on youtube there's a subscribe button somewhere above below akili over there if you listen to spotify apple favorite this this channel make sure to check out some older episodes and stay tuned we got new stuff coming out every week and new content at respectworegion.com every single day of the week even on holidays man appreciate everyone tapping in we'll be back with more later